You're listening to the 15 More Yards Podcast, your one stop for the latest and greatest in golf gear and equipment. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at 15 underscore more underscore yards. Or also feel free to email us at any time at 15moreyards at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you as we talk about the latest and greatest in the world of golf gear. Hey everyone, welcome back and uh, thanks for joining us again for the 15 More Yards podcast. This is Lance Wheeler, your host, and I hope you uh, enjoyed the first one. Uh, Looking back, you know, you always go back and listen to it. said the word uh, one-stop shop way too much and, and some other things that I didn't really like. But, hey, we've added some music and we've added a fancy intro. But, uh, hey, we're excited to have you back again. Super pumped to have our guest here with us today. We've got our first official guest on the podcast. Uh, we've got Leif Erickson, who is the uh, general manager of Club Champion uh, here in St. Louis, Missouri. They are the uh, really custom fitter, the, one of the largest custom fitting companies um, they're on the uh, multiple list of the top 100 club fitters a lot of their locations are. And so we brought Leaf on to really answer some of your questions and, um, you know, and it'll really give us some of the insight into the, the world of club fitting and some things that you should look for and ask for. So hopefully you enjoy uh, today's interview. Uh, don't forget to uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Um, it is at um, 15 underscore more underscore yards. Uh, make sure you follow us. We've been uh, been doing, trying to do a great job of tweeting out the, the some of the uh, the latest news and just keeping you up to date on some of those more pertinent things. So make sure you check that out. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we are on Instagram as well too. So hopefully you know we're tweeting out some of those pictures from different companies and just kind of passing along some information. So make sure you join us. We've got some great guests coming up in the in the next coming weeks uh, that we're excited to tell you about. In a few weeks, we're going to launch on iTunes officially here after week three or four, and so a lot a lot coming up. And uh, we're super excited to have Leaf on today as our, our first guest here on. Uh, he's, he wins the award for the inaugural 15 More Yards first guest. I don't know what it gets him, um, and it probably has no value. But uh, I can't wait for you to hear from my friend uh, Leaf Erickson. So let's uh, listen to Leaf and, uh, and learn a little bit about this world of club fitting. All right, guys, we are so excited to have our uh, inaugural uh, first guest on the 15 More Yards podcast. So... Uh, Leaf, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I guess we'll see how it goes. But uh, super excited to have our buddy Leaf Erickson with us. Leaf is the general manager of Club Champion St. Louis. And uh, Leaf is a, a great friend of mine who I've gotten to know in the last couple of years and just a, a great resource for all of us uh, when it comes to the uh, golf business. So, Leaf, how's it going, man? It's going great, Lance. How are you doing? I am well. I'm well. I got out and uh, did some putting today i had this guy as a club fitter he kind of gave me some putting tips a couple of days ago and uh it's funny how if you listen to what some people tell you uh you tend to make more putts it's kind of weird how that works isn't it it is kind of weird how that works um most people think they think they see everything correctly when they're standing over a putt and most are very surprised when they find out that they don't have hands in the right position or they don't have the shaft in the right position to make a consistent putting stroke. So if somebody else can see that, it really helps them understand why they're not as consistent as they could be. Well, it's going to be bad because now I'm going to, before I play or or have any kind of tournament or anything, I'm just going to show up and loiter around in the club champion lobby like I've I've been known to do uh, already. So, um, again, you know, I I don't know how many of us are, you know, folks are out there familiar with club champion, and we're going to talk more about them, but, 
you know, if you will, let's just kind of start, you know, tell us a little bit about your background in the golf industry. I know you've been around the business for a while and just kind of, you know, where you've been and, and kind of your journey to get to the point where you are now in your role. Sure. Um, basically around 2009, I was already working full time at a job I'd been with at least 10 years. But um, as usual, sometimes, you know, you need a little cash for the holidays. And I knew one of the managers at the Golf Galaxy near me. So I inquired about starting part time working a few days a week. And he brought me on. And um, that was September of 09. And um, I was there for about six and a half years, learning about everything that I didn't already know about golf. I was always been a golf nerd and a golf geek knew the game well, knew this. I was a student of the swing and a student of the game itself, history-wise. But I didn't know enough about building golf clubs, about how to make um, educated decisions on shafts and what kind of product will work best for me, let alone work best for a customer. Mm -hmm. So I spent six and a half years at the Golf Galaxy down in Chesterfield and did over 400 fittings while I was there, working closely with the PGA professionals that came and went as uh, things changed at the store. Learned a lot about swing mechanics, learned a lot about fitting. Um, since then, uh, things changed where the club champion came to St. Louis. Um, I applied for the general manager position. I was able to leave a 19-year day job and the six-and-a-half-year part-time gig at Golf Galaxy to do something I really enjoyed and loved, full-time. I probably spend more time at Club Champion per week than I did at both jobs combined in a given week, but I never really feel like I'm at work. I really enjoy doing it. Um, I've done over 400 fittings at Golf Galaxy. I've already done 390 fittings in less than a year at Club Champion. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's when it's all you're doing and you're not sure. stuck selling clothing or shoes or worrying about what the latest bag trend is or helping somebody do some golf balls off the rack, you get a lot more done fitting wise. And so far it's been great. Well, I, you know, I, and again, those of you who aren't familiar with club champion, I, I would encourage you to, to check out their website at clubchampiongolf.com. The way I describe club champion is this, for those of you who don't know, imagine, Imagine going to a shaft store, you know, like every shaft that you would see for, for a majority of clubs and then handpicking the heads and, and, and matching those up. Um, that's that's really what Club Champion is about. And uh, we're going to talk about our good friend Trackman later, but um, it's also really hard to argue uh, with the data. And we're going to get there in a little bit. Now, the most important question for this podcast, uh, what's in your bag? What do you uh, what do you what do you carry in these days? And again, I know this is all subject to change, um, but uh, I think you've got your bag set. You told me the other day, I think you got your bag set for the year, at least uh, for right now. So what do you uh, what do you got going in the bag right now? Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty much set. There's there's some things that rotate in and out, but for the most part, I don't see a whole lot of change. Um, current driver is the Callaway Epic. Uh, Sub-Zero. Um, in that, I'm playing a X-Flex Agira Red Stripe, a Stiff Flex. Um, it's a company that has um, been around for a little bit, but it's more of an underground company. But the product is made by Valix, um, which is one of the better shaft companies, in my opinion, that's currently out there. Okay. Um, very consistent shaft and just solid performer. The three wood is a Callaway Epic Sub Zero, also 13 and a half degree. 
It also has another X-Flex uh, Agira in it that is actually a prototype that was made for Ricky Fowler. Um, it's the only X-Flex, um, literally extra stiff shaft that's in my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just performs so good that it's probably not getting kicked out anytime soon. Are you wearing, uh, are you rocking, you're not rocking Ricky Fowler's orange pants, are you? Uh, that will never happen okay, because Puma, Puma does not make orange pants in my size. <laughs> well, no that... issue, no issue there. All right, that's good. That's we'll we'll take his shaft and leave his pants. How does that? Or the high tops? No high tops either. If we, if you if you're wearing the high no. tops, we're gonna have to have an intervention. I'm just being honest. No high tops. Okay, I do cool. like the Puma shoes. Um, yeah, I've sure. got them up to three pair now. Another one will be delivered on Wednesday, so nice. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Um. The hybrid is a Callaway uh, Big Bertha Alpha 815 from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. 19 degrees with a Valix Rome 988 stiff. Probably one of the best hybrid shafts I've ever hit. I don't think it'll ever leave the bag. Um, having the opportunity to test everything that comes out as far as new hybrid shafts, I just don't see anything replacing it. Um, okay. It's just constant performer, works with a lot of swings. Um, you said you told me that's your that's your probably your favorite club in your bag, didn't you say that to me? That hybrid, yeah, it's 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 a money. It's yeah. when I get that number, I need two fifteen, two twenty. It's an automatic two fifteen, two twenty, awesome. and it just seems to go straight. And the misses are very manageable. There's nothing really that far offline. Awesome. Yeah, the uh, four iron is actually a Strixon four utility uh, from last year. Twenty three degrees. I had a four hybrid in the bag for a while, but I wanted something that I could actually move a little more left to right, high and low. And the Strixon utility gives me that option. The hybrid goes straight or it goes wherever it's going to go, but it's not something I feel like I can work as easily as I can the utility. Okay. Um, iron sets rotate between a Callaway Apex Pro set, five through pitching wedge with Modus uh, 120X, or it's a Mizuno um, JPX 900 forged, also in a five-through pitching wedge with the same shaft. Um, both sets are bu- uh, built to D5. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is pured. One of them is not. Gotcha. Um, and and hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you real quick right there. You said D5. That For those of us who don't know, just you know, maybe our casual listeners, you're talking swing weight there, right? We are talking swing weight, and swing weight, to, to do a little sidebar real quick, it's basically just how the club feels. Sure. Um, it was some static number that was invented to be a description of how it feels in your hand as far as how much head weight is actually available to you in the swing. Um, everyone's swing weight is different. It's not the same for every type of club in the bag. Certain clubs have different swing weights, and they perform differently based on that. And it all has a function to do with um, length, load, and overall static weight, and how it relates to that person's swing. I, I love that. I, I love you, you use the word "feel" because you, you also use a lot of big words. But just how does it feel? Right? Is it consistent? Do you feel consistent through your irons? And we're going to talk, I think, a little bit more about that later. But that swing weight is a key, and, and I know for me this year that was a game changer, um, just in regards to getting some consistent swing weight. So we're going to talk more about that. What about the wedges? What do you got in your bag in, in your wedge game right now? The wedges are my um, customized by myself. I call them my win- my ninja wedge set. Um, basically, they're completely blacked out Callaway MD3s. 
um, in the 50, 54, 58 loft. And then I've got some custom black Modus 125 wedge shafts and then some black UTX grips on them. Actually, no, I take that back. The UTX has been replaced by my Pure Pro black grips, which is on all of my sets and all of my clubs currently. Um, love that grip. It's just tacky enough to feel like you've got complete control, but it's not too firm or too soft, and it's very durable. lasts for a long time. Okay. Um, get down to putters. I've got two putters that kind of go on a rotation, um, both of them with Superstroke GT Tour grips, and one of them is a Odyssey MXM milled um, number six uh, flow neck version with a black shaft that's been completely blacked out and all paint fill removed. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a Kingston KP1 flow neck, which is a uh, GSS stainless steel putter um, out of a guy's garage in Chicago. Um, if you ever want to look up a putter that you didn't think you'd ever be able to afford because German stainless steel from every other manufacturer is topping 800 to a thousand dollars. Kingston putters as a whole at 400 bucks is a steal for a German stainless steel, which may be the softest thing you've ever owned. Very cool. Not trying to, not trying to drop a plug, but yeah, I don't think he gets credit for what he does. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, one of the aims of this is you and I've talked about is, you know, we want to bring attention to those companies who are doing the, just that great work that are kind of, you know, keeping it under wraps. You know, we obviously, we hear about the big guys and, and you've got the big guys in your bag as well too, but, but there's also so many great, you know, smaller companies that really are, are putting out quality product out there and, you know, and even pure grip, some, some folks, you know, the pure is not, I mean, they're, they're a bigger company, but that may be a little lesser known as well. So it's, it's great to hear that, along with some of those big big hitters you've got some of those things and and if you don't know this by, by what Leaf said his, his clubs are really sweet uh they're just they just look great you're big into look uh, as well and, and having that that all black look that you mentioned a couple times you you like the visual piece as well you want to look good while you're well you know look good play good or you know look good play bad one of the two right Absolutely. Um, as it is right now, um, I already have another putter on order from uh, Toulon, mm-hmm. who just became a uh, part of the Odyssey Callaway family uh, late last year. Yeah. And uh, even though the garage where you can custom make almost any Toulon you want, um, it costs a little more. But if you want a one-off, if you want something that's strictly yours, I highly, highly recommend looking into the cost of one. But I've already ordered one, and they're not going to be open again till May. So, yeah, I know I've got to wait a little bit, but I wanted to get this thing on the rock and get it uh, in line because um, everything I like about it is something that I have complete control over in the build process. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great thing. But when you can actually customize a lot of your product and a lot of your um, stuff that for a particular client um, is great. Um, you were talking about pure grips. Pure grips will paint fill their grips to any color that they currently offer if you want to really dial in something kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my clients is a big uh, University of Michigan fan. He went there. He's a big blue and yellow guy. Mm-hmm. And he took the pure grips, and we did the blue color on the grips, which was a normal stock color, but we did all of the paint fill in gold. And then we also put a blue ferrule with two yellow stripes on it, on his clubs, on his irons and his wedges. 
So he kind of customized them to make them his, which is something you can do at our place, but you know, you can't do it everywhere you buy clubs, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, just to you, when you come in and you get fit and then you all of a sudden you can make it your own, which is kind of a neat option. Yeah. And if you guys don't follow club champion on Twitter, I would really encourage you to do that. It's a, it's a, they send out some really great pictures of just some of the tricked out clubs that they make. Um, and, and, and they put together for, for consumers. And so, uh, Again, another great Twitter follow. I actually had tweeted out uh, today and retweeted out. Again, one of the big aims of this is to try to have that place on Twitter where you can find some of that. But I, I know uh, the, the Toulon group uh, and Sean and those guys tweeted out some pictures of some, some garage putters today. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about that, again, go to my Twitter page and you know, just again, another resource for you to be able to try to find that. So Leaf, let me ask you this. You talked a lot about a, real, so a lot of really cool clubs and a lot of really great brands, but you know, we also have some listeners, I'm assuming, and again, you know, that we're, you know, we, we had a good first week and I'm sure we're up to at least about a million and a half listeners, but, um, I'm sure we have some listeners who are in that boat thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm just not a great golfer, right? Like this sounds really good if, if you're going to invest, you know, some money and, and, you know, and we were jokingly said, look good, play good. But, you know, if that person who says to you, you know what, Leaf, man, I can't even break a hundred, you know, or 90 or, or whatever it is. Why should I get? Why should I spend the money to get custom fit for golf clubs? What What would you say to them, and and, and what advice would you give them in regards to to making that jump to to getting a quality set of fitted clubs for them? Well, I've got a I've got a good answer for that one, and then I've also got a good example on a guy that I fit recently. Um, even a higher handicapper has some consistency in their swing. Even a guy that shoots 100 is better than the average golfer. The average golfer on the planet right now is shooting about 110, which means somebody's dropping 120 to make that guy look average. <laughs> so the yeah. guy that's break, you know, is breaking, you know, right at 100 or occasionally shoots 95, he's actually fairly consistent in something. It may not be proper strike all the time. Mm-hmm. It may not be as consistent as it could be, um, but at the same time, if they find if they can come in and get fit, if they can find, if we can get a shaft that is more loading properly when it, with their swing, which means they're going to hit the ball more solidly, even if their swing isn't as consistent through the ball as it could be, the shaft loading correctly will definitely make them start improving. And as they start improving, they gain confidence. As they gain confidence, they start playing better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just knowing that, when you do make a swing, you're going to get a better result than if you didn't have a club that was not fit. So, you know, I've got some 20 or 30 handicappers that have been over there in the last year. And, you know, some of them we gain on yardage on irons. Some of them we only gain uh, yardage on drivers. And it just depends on the player. I had a 25 handicapper that booked like two weeks out and then called me every three days anxiety ridden that he wasn't going to be able to get fit because he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of tell him to chill out a little bit and relax. It, there's no you know, stress on my side for him. And we're just going to have a good time with this and we will take what we get and we will make decisions based on what we get. And um, we gained 18 yards on his irons. Um, blew wow. his mind. Um, wasn't even close to what he had before. And he just never thought he could hit a ball quite that good. And it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to him 
if it was, oh, he did it once or twice, but we got seven or 10 shots that were that 18 yard gain mm-hmm. out of about 20, out of about 15, 20 swings. So wow. yeah, maybe his hit rate is 50%, mm-hmm. but out of that 50%, the 50% that were hit really great were really long. And then we were still in that 10 to 11 yard gain on the ones that were slightly missed. It was still a good swing, but it wasn't the best contact but it wasn't also something that dribbled off the tee or off the, off, you know, that you duffed. Sure. So, you know, my thing is that you're going to find a higher capper will definitely gain from either the top or the bottom of the bag in the fitting. Sometimes it's both, but usually it's just one half because they're already pretty content or pretty consistent in one part of the bag, but not necessarily the whole thing. Gotcha. So sometimes once you get the bot one half figured out, once they get a little more consistent in there and the, the confidence kind of trickles down or up into the other part of the bag, then we can get with them later that year or something and maybe see if we can do something with the other side. But anytime you can gain consistency, anytime you can gain confidence and know that, hey, these clubs are the best possible clubs I can possibly get right now because they perform the best, because they've got the right shaft and they're the right swing weight and they fit me the best, you're going to gain confidence and you're going to play better. Yeah, you know, as we know, golf is such a, a huge. I mean, in confidence, it's it's uh, so much between the ears. And you know, I, I one of the things that I love about you and, and your store and the way you guys and, and your partner John, you guys do your fittings in the St. Louis store, is for you guys, it's never about. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get intimidated, like you said, as a word. And I think, um, you know, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later. But you know, I also think there's a little bit of a a, a weariness of of you know, are these guys going to, you know, upcharge me and put me into a PXG head or, you know, that's kind of a crazy example from a price point. But, you know, uh, talk about, you know, what, what are those things that you guys really focus on and, and, and just kind of what does that process look like? Do you do you take, uh, you know, feedback from folks uh, to, that say, hey, you know, I'm interested in this club. Um, I've heard a lot about, you know, obviously this year with TaylorMade and Callaway and the great things we're hearing, especially with Callaway with the Epic Series is that a good starting place or how do you go about that process? Do you, uh, you know, and because I know that you don't, you know, you don't upsell people, you sell them in stuff that works. And so, you know, what's your kind of your all's mindset and attitude around those, around those questions? Well, what we normally do is what's really funny is like you brought up PXG. So I'll give you an example on that. Um, if you go on the PXG website and put a 300 mile radius search on your zip code, it's only us. Mm-hmm. So I get phone calls all the time from guys that say, hey, I want to come in and get fit for PXG. Mm -hmm. My standard response is, well, we'll see. (laughs) And and they're, yeah, and they're like, well, what do you mean we'll see? I go, well, if they win. And, you know, being an agnostic fitter and we're able to put any head from any OEM on any shaft I want, we we really want to fit you in what works best, period. Um, it gains your confidence. It gains your understanding that we're not there to push the most expensive product on you because the most expensive product may not work. So when that guy comes in to get fit that found us on the PXG website and iron a gets him 15 yards of distance and PXG gains him five and he still wants to buy PXG. I think we need to talk Mm -hmm. because I can't understand why the guy would give up one club less into a green just because he wants the PXG. 
Sure. Now, if he if he's well off well off enough that he wants to buy both sets to have the one that performs the best, and then he just wants to own PXG, mm-hmm. I have no I have no issue with that, of course. But at the same time, you know, I, the guy that's a diehard player or the guy that just wants to play his best, yeah, regardless of what his handicap is. You would think that, you know, if we're getting the best gains and we're getting the best accuracy out of another club and be it, you know, half the price versus the full price of the other, then, you know, save the money, buy the one that works the best and move from there. Um, I've got other guys that come in that they'll justify the cost on PXG if that's what they want. And usually it's also proven that it performs as good as the next best club. Gotcha. well, and I'll vouch, I'll vouch for you on that story. You know, I, I walked out of a, as a Cobra driver owner last year from, from your store and, and and not what I was intending when I walked in. So, again, it's about that. So let me ask you this question. You know, it, I think, and again, I, we've said driver. We've said the word driver a few times. But, you know, it, we all love to go bang the driver, of course, right? That's where our uh, – that's how we sleep better at night, of course, right? Um, exactly. But, you know, if I were to say to you – um, you know, what's your biggest focus or what's your, you know, biggest focus area? And, I, you know, you mentioned this earlier of helping, a, you know, a high handicapper, but, you know, what would be the first area of somebody's game that you really feel like they should get fitted for? You know, I, I know, again, you know, this is kind of a, a loaded question because it's a pretty simple question, I would hope, but it's just a good reminder for everybody out there to think about, you know, because we get caught up in in the in the latest driver. And again, that's kind of the joking name of this podcast, right? We're always looking for 15 more yards, but you know, what do you see as, as such a benefit, um, and just kind of remind us of the of the foundation of, of what we need to spend our time getting fit on club wise. Well, like you just okay, so like you just said, you know, fifteen more yards. Well, you, we can hit the ball fifteen yards farther in the fairway, but if we're still missing greens and our short game's not up to par, then it's really kind of a moot point. So, to me, the bottom half of the bag, the irons, the wedges, the putter. Um, getting the game dialed in from 150 and yards and in, um, being able to use your wedges adequately with the correct bounce to be able to chip and pitch shots correctly and get stuff close enough that you've got a putter that you're confident with, that you can make those five footers when you miss a green, that you can make those 10 footers when you got a birdie putt. Um, to me, that's going to be the biggest benefit. We hit our irons, our wedges, and our putter on every single hole. Um, on average, you're probably using driver on 14 holes at the most. Mm-hmm. So we're using it on 14 holes, but it's not what causes us to hit greens necessarily. Um, if the driver is erratic, of course, it's in the rough. But at the same time, even if it's in the fairway, if we can't hit a green, then we're not going to have a whole lot of scoring opportunities. Sure. Um, I'd, rather ha- I'd rather have someone gain yardage and be more accurate that they're hitting an eight iron into a green instead of a seven iron from their old set, knowing that they've got more control with that eight iron than they did with the seven iron before that fitting. So they're going to have a chance to hit a ball closer with a club that's shorter and give them a much better chance of scoring more. Even if that means making a one putt because you're getting up and down Mm -hmm. or making one putt because you're trying to get a birdie. I think what, I was just going to ask you, you know, what percentage yeah. of your fittings do you, do you, 
I mean, I know again at Club Champion, you do all putter fittings, right? I mean, that's you, most of a lot of your customers will come in just for a putter fitting. Go back to your days at Golf Galaxy, and and you know, you said you did probably four hundred fittings there. Did you do a lot of putter fittings in in those stores, or or is that something a lot of people overlook? Um, I think it depended on the the golfer that was coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people. The problem there is it's hard to do a full putter fitting unless you use something like the Sam putt lab. That one, it measures everything on your stroke. It really tells you what kind of toe hang you're going to be benefiting from the most. And the toe hang of the putter, basically when you balance it on your forefinger and down near the head and the toe hangs a certain degree, if it stays facing the sky, it's face balanced. If it hangs a little lower than that, it's 30, then 45, then 60, and then straight down, it's right around 90. Mm-hmm. But everyone has a certain amount of stroke or rotation that they do that allows them to get back to square or back to zero degrees offline at impact. And based on their rotation, it's going to really dictate what kind of toe hang works best for them in that regard. And I think that's where a lot of people suffer with um, buying putters they like the look of, like the feel of, but maybe it's not a putter that works great with their stroke. So again, like you were saying earlier about being fit versus just buying off the rack, you turn around and you have a putter that you love the look of and you learn and adjust to try to make it work, but it's not something that works naturally with your stroke. Yeah. Let's transition to that because I think that's a great question. You know, I think, one of the things that I see a lot and I hear a lot is, um, you know, it's it's almost the opposite of that. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we go by this great club or this great putter or this great wedge or this great driver with the shaft. And we almost try to fit, you know, our swing or our game to, to the club, right? As crazy as it sounds, that's really what we try to do. And obviously, we know that that that's the wrong line of thinking. So, you know, what advice would you give us, or give give uh, you know just anyone in regards to to that? And and you know, how can they kind of avoid that trap, so to speak? Um, to give an example on where that that leads to problems is uh, when I was working at Golf Galaxy, the worst thing we ever wanted to see was the guy coming in with the Golf Digest hot list in his back pocket. Sure. You know, he wasn't going to get fit. He was going to go buy the number one driver with the most gold stars, the highest rated, and he was going to get nine, five stiff because that's what he's used to playing. And he wasn't going to get fit. He was just going to get it and walk out. Uh And two weeks later, he'd be back because he couldn't hit it. And he'd take a huge bath on the trade in and then he'd buy number two. And two weeks later, he'd be back because he couldn't hit it. And then he would finally buy number three. And then he would just live with it and learn to hit it because he'd already dropped a thousand dollars on a driver and wasn't going to spend any more. And I think that's where uh, the biggest suffering is. They they don't, we need to get fit. We need to have a really good idea what works best and understand that the reasons why it works best. So let me ask you this. And and is there, is there a, because you know, right now it's February, right, and and it's um, you know, of course, here in St. Louis, and and uh, needless to say, we we've had a, a pretty darn good winter, as as evidenced by I was actually out putting today in, in slacks and in a polo, and and got a little warm. But you know, is there a better time 
you know, what, what's if I were to say, what's the best time of the year to get fit? Because right now, right, we got the hot list and, and we've got all the new gear and all the new bells and whistles and all, all of those things. Obviously, it's that time of year. So, you know, is there a better time of the year to get fit for the average player? Um, you know, what, what do you recommend from that? And, and what advice would you give just in regards to time of year? Well, I think a lot of that's going to obviously depend on where you live and how much you play in your area. Like you were saying in St. Louis, we can almost play golf year-round many years if we can deal with 45 degrees, a little sun, and no wind. So you've got those guys that you can pre- fit pretty much anytime you want. You know, you're still playing once every week or two weeks. You still go to the range. We've got a few heated ranges in the area. So you're still hitting balls every once in a while. You're playing in that winter uh, golf simulator league. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those guys can be fit anytime. And then you've also got, you know, early in the year is a good place to start. You can get the new clubs, you know, so you can get them to the range and get a few early rounds in so that you can get adjusted to the new sticks just in time for any tournaments you play in. Or that's when the leagues are getting ready to start right after first quarter. So I always think that versus, you know, going through the whole year, which you already did last year, you know what things are working or not working. Mm-hmm. So you've got an idea of what you're going to look for already. So, you know, we always make sure to give everyone ample time to loosen up and get ready, um, feel like they're comfortable hitting shots before we get into like a six iron when we're doing an iron fit mm-hmm. or, you know, hit a few balls until we're ready to hit a driver. And, you know, kind of like what we tell everybody for the most part is, you know, we're going to keep your good hits. We're going to keep your slight misses. We're going to occasionally hit a bad shot. We'll get, we're going to delete that. You know, we don't need to know what the bad shot does. We do need to know what the slight misses do. So we want to know where our consistency is. We want to know how well the clubs are forming when we have those slight misses, but also when we clock one, we want to know what it does. So when we get fitting and we get into the system, as long as somebody looks like they're comfortable, we're fine. Now, there are occasions when the guy hasn't played in four months. He's coming in in February. He hasn't played since October. And we've had guys where, you know what, their swing wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And when their swing wasn't there, we stopped the fit early on. We discussed the fact that, hey, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for us. Let's just reschedule this where you've had enough time to go hit the range a few times and get a little bit looser and get a little more in game mode. And we'll reevaluate a little bit later. Um, It seems more fair to the client. It also seems more fair to us. We don't want to put ourselves in a position to try to make a recommendation when we know they're not at their best. Uh And we don't think that we should make a recommendation to buy anything when we're not gaining the proper yardage over the old clubs. Plus we don't feel like they're hitting it the way they could. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, one of the things, well, I think my favorite thing, at least it makes me chuckle a little bit. Every time I walk into club champion, you've got the, the necessities area where you have band-aids and, and you have ibuprofen and you've got some Gatorade and and, and, and granola bars for a little reboost. But, you know, a, a full bag fitting, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, usually three, three and a half, four hours. Is that correct? About three to three and a half. Yeah. If it's if we, if we get rolling pretty good, sometimes we hit on some shafts or some heads a little early. Um, the one I did today was about two and a half hours. Um, it just really depends on how well the ball striker is, how many times do you have to delete a couple balls, or if you're getting 
you know, those four or five good hits right away, and then we can evaluate and move on to the next set. Yeah, my my advice is if you're doing a club champion fitting, show up in your in your workout gear and your golf shoes because it's uh you're gonna you're gonna um you're gonna walk out uh, with a good workout under your belt for sure. It, it's not for the uh, it's not for the faint of heart. You're gonna hit some golf balls and you're gonna do some work for sure. Oh, you're getting a full cardio workout, no yeah. doubt. I mean, you're you're gonna hit a few balls. Yeah, consider not... it like two, Sorry, about two large buckets. Yeah, exactly. About two large buckets. Two large buckets. <laughs> well, and especially in February when you haven't been banging range balls, right? Makes it a little tough. So, let me ask you this question because this is you know, obviously, Club Champion's a great resource, but you know, we also are wanting to try to hopefully, you know, get this podcast in the hands of people, you know, who just have an interest in equipment and gear anywhere. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of our folks who, who don't have a, a great resource like you guys. And, and you you also have a great perspective having spent, you know, your period of time um, at it, it, it a quote-unquote, you know, I like to call them, and I, I think the, the, one of the terms they use is just kind of a big box store. So, you know, you're uh, your, your golf galaxies or your PGA superstores, um, you know, your larger size, um, size stores, it, what advice would you give somebody, you know, if I'm going to walk in and, and really want to do a quality fitting, you know, just for my, for myself and, and, you know, what kind of advice would you give them? And, and again, by the way, I also want to give this shout out to, to the golf galaxy team here, at least in St. Louis, you know, that's one of the th- reasons why you and I got to know each other was just, you know, here just very, you know, authentic and genuine and, and, and really tried to, to fit the customer the right way, which was kind of the mentality of that entire team. But, you know, I, I worry about some of our friends who walk into those kind of places and, and who don't get that kind of service. You know, maybe it's a Dick Sporting Goods and we know Dick's has kind of cut back on their PGA pros and their fitters and, and those kind of folks. So, you know, what what kind of advice would you give somebody who, who walks into that store to get them you know, how do, how do, how do they make a good choice to get fit for clubs and, and, and what's just your pieces of, uh, of wisdom from your time in this business? What would you say? Well, and obviously you're going to have a varied, um, level of experience when you walk into those stores. Um, they, um, ever since like the galaxy was bought by Dick's, they kind of went a little more retail oriented. So they mm-hmm. weren't looking for necessarily a golf background. Sure. But at the same time, everyone I know that does work at their store in St. Louis is very interested in being the best they can at fitting people. And they do go out of their way to try to make it as easy as possible and understandable by making it clear what they're trying to do and what they're looking for and what they're trying to achieve when they're trying to help fit somebody. The biggest thing I can tell a person walking in off the street is if you're going in to buy a driver, take yours with you. If you're going in to buy an iron set, take your six or seven iron with you because that's usually what's in the fitting carts so that you can actually make apples to apples comparisons on the monitor, whatever monitor they happen to be using, so that you can actually see the same balls being hit with the same type of club, including yours, so you can actually see if there's gains, so if you can see if there's better accuracy. Because, and, you know, make sure the guy turns the fitting software on, do one of his most accurate readings as you can get, if you need to schedule an appointment with one of their fitters to have actually some time in one of the bays, then set up some time to have some time in the bay. Um, that's the best advice I can give you. You want to make sure that you are working with somebody that has your interest at heart, but also is going to give you the detailed information you need as far as feedback 
and have a good idea what you should be looking for when you're comparing a driver or comparing an iron. That's great. That's great. I think, you know, I, I, I used to love going to one store here in St. Louis cause I, I, I always knew that I hit the ball 313 or 314 yards. Cause after all, that's what the wind dated launch monitor there told me. So I walked out with a lot of confidence every year, ready to buy a new driver until I hit my old one and it went 310 as well too. So you know, it's funny how that works, isn't it? That, uh, you know, and that's, I, I know, you know, you have the, the best fitting tool, um, in your stores and, 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 and talk to us a little bit about, you know, the track man system and, and this, it, it actually is a, it's a confidence crusher, you know, because, you know, when I walk into your place, I'm ready to hit it 310 and, and instead I'm hitting it 250 and you're reminding me that no, we're at, you, you make up some story about how we're at sea level and the wind's in my face or something like that to make me feel a little bit better about the fact that I just don't hit the ball far anymore. But talk a little bit about TrackMan and, and, and kind of, you know, obviously I know that's your number one tool because the data doesn't lie and the numbers don't lie. But adjusting to a system like that, what has that really given you and, and how does it really, you know, how, how do you use that as a tool to really help people get into the right equipment? Well, first, I want to let you know that every time you do come in, I do set it for Denver at Mile High, and you're still only hitting it. You're still only hitting it 250. That's so, not true. Not uh, true. Sea level, right? <laughs> Below sea level is what I feel like some of the time yeah. when I'm swinging. Yeah, the the Mariana Trench. That's where I have you set right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, TrackMan is kind of the gold standard in fitting tools. It shows the player getting fit exactly what they are doing on the course. So when I have a player come in and he starts to warm up with an eight iron before we get to a six iron or something on that level, I don't let them tell me how they play. I tell them that we're going to get them squared up. They're going to be starting on a line. They're going to be aiming at a certain point on the screen. And then as they hit balls, I'm paying attention to kind of what they're doing. But when I get done, I'll take their data and I will tell them how they play on the course. I'll tell them where they have to aim based on their curvature I will tell them how well their ball holds the green based on their launch and their spin. I will tell them everything about what they do when they're trying to hit that six iron so that they know that track man can read exactly what they do when they hit a ball. And very few circumstances have ever happened where I was wrong as far as not being able to interpolate the data correctly that most of the time they're kind of taken back that I can tell them how they play just by the data. But this is the reason why if a PGA pro owns a monitor, they own a track man. When they get on the range and they practice and they're getting numbers off their track man while they're just sitting on a range, they know it translates to the course. Right. So that tells us and tells lets us help tell the client that when we do see gains on clubs, they're going to get those gains. When we do have accuracy gains and distance gains, they're getting both when they get on the course. But I think it also helps them to know that when they find the right shaft, when they find the right head, and they feel how easy it is to swing because it's got that perfect swing weight for them, that they know that it's going to translate outdoors. They know it's going to be something they can really use um, to their advantage when they're on the course because they're going to have a lot more confidence in the club. Well, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's safe to say you've, you've maybe heard of Dustin Johnson before. You've heard of that guy, right? Hits it. He hits it about like I do at, at, uh, if I was maybe on the software with, I don't know if there's something higher than mile high, then maybe I could, could get it out there with him. But 
You know, I, I know you know this, but he really dialed in, you know, his, his greatest area of growth last year as a player. And he admits this and talks a lot about as what's helped him get to number one is he actually uses track man on his wedge game, right? Isn't that a tool that he's really utilized to, to accurately. And you can see him on the range at, at a tour event, uh, using track man. But what's interesting is he doesn't use it a lot. I mean, he does use it, but not as much with, with as much focus on his long game, but it, but it's also a tool that can really, again, going back to fitting those wedges and those short game clubs, it's really made a difference for him. And that's just a great example of that. I think. Uh, definitely. Um, anyone who watched the U S open last year when he won, every time they focused on him on the practice range, he was hitting wedges only, and he had the track man behind him, and he'd hit a ball. He looked down at an iPad he had sitting next to a bucket of balls, and he would check the yardage, and then he'd grab another ball and hit it, wait for it to land, look back, check the iPad again, and then he would talk to his caddy a little bit, and then they'd agree that, yep, that's how what the swing was for that yardage that day, and then he just constantly went out and hit good wedges. Um it's it's what the pros use so they know that when they get it right on track man and they know what it's doing when they get on the course it's just as easy as choosing the right club and pulling the trigger um it, it's it's just the best tool they can use and that's why most of them own one yeah well i'm gonna i'm, I'm just assuming you're gonna get me one for christmas this year but um if not i'll just still come by and watch you use yours and, and, and just be in awe of it. So last question I'm going to ask you, and, and, and again, I appreciate your time. And, and, you know, again, we've got Leif Erickson here from Club Champion Golf, and we really appreciate your insight, Leif, and I think it's going to really help folks to to really, you know, separate them and find a, uh, the right avenue to get themselves um, taken care of. But, you know, what? last question I'm going to give you a chance to to talk about your about your team and, and your group and, and – if I were just to say, you know, what, what makes club champion the place that it is? Um, you know, if I, as opposed to, you know, why would I want to spend the money on, on going through this process and, and why would I want to spend the time to, to do that? Um, you know, plug your company and just kind of, you know, what you guys are all about and, and what separates you from a, from a traditional store where you just walk in and maybe get on a foresight monitor or something like that. If, if they're lucky enough to have one of those, what really sets you apart and, and talk a little bit about your resume as, as one of the best club builders in the country. Well, basically, I think the biggest thing that sets club champion apart from everybody else is that we are a completely agnostic fitter. I can put any head on any shaft in over 35,000 combinations to dial in a club that works best for the client that I'm working with that day. So I'm not limited by what an OEM offers in a fitting cart. We don't do fitting carts. I've got every shaft made for um, for irons on the wall. I've got 180 different driver shafts. I've got another 65 fairway wood shafts. I've got another 35 different hybrid shafts. So I'm not limited to what a normal fitting cart or a normal OEM would say, well, this is what we offer. This is what you have to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that, we can make up anything we want. We have a team of five guys in Chicago at our Willowbrook location that build for all 18 of our current locations. So not only do we have a small build group that handles a a ton of builds each year, which makes them extremely experienced, but also extremely efficient 
they are also some of the best I've ever seen build clubs. I mean, I see them every time they come in and I'm going to give them to a client. I check the swing weights. I make sure that they're the right, you know, length. And our tolerances are just tighter than what the normal industry proposes. Um, you know, whereas normal industry has plus or minus one as far as, um, you know, uh, lie angles. We're plus or minus a quarter of a degree. Um, when it comes down to length, we're plus or minus an eighth of an inch where everyone else is plus or minus a quarter. Um, we just tend to do things a little bit more to the extreme. The biggest thing we do, though, is we build everything to swing weight. We will find swing weight after we're done with the fit, after we've checked lie, after we've checked um, length to make sure that everything's correct. I will wait on a swing weight machine, and that's the way we build it. We build it to whatever that swing weight is because that's what just kicked every other club's butt on the planet on TrackMan. And for it to perform outdoors, it has to feel exactly like it did when it was tested. So that's the big thing where we're plus or minus a half on the swing weight. Most of the manufacturers don't build to a requested swing weight. I never had that option doing special orders down at Golf Galaxy. So I think that's one of the things that sets us apart there is the build quality. Mm -hmm. um, we're able to do a little bit more as far as offering uh, shaft peering as an option um, to make something even more stable and better than it would already be built correctly. Um, now we're taking some of the irregularities out of the shaft process, but we're also um, doing all of our shafts are weight sorted when the set is ordered. So instead of going to a store and just buying three or four shafts and having that variance of plus or minus four to six grams between shafts, all of our sets are weight sorted at the manufacturer um, when we order them so that the whole set is plus or minus two grams instead. So, the consistency of the build, the tolerances being lower in the build, I think just produces a better product than you can normally provide um, going through a normal OEM. Um, not to say that the OEMs don't do good work or produce good product. It's just not as tight and as solid as it can possibly be. And that's what we think you really gain when you go to Club Champion. Um, when everything is built on TrackMan and tested on TrackMan, um, I love it when guys come back in, they pick up their set, and we've got time, and we go to the track man, and they check out their gaps, or they check out their accuracy. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's nails. It's dead on, and they just can't believe that they're that easy to hit. Um, and it's just because it fits their swing prof profile. It, swing, it fits the way they load their swing, and um, it fits the way the shaft is loaded correctly so that they get the best consistency out of there with the least amount of effort. Well, I, I think, you know, I've personally experienced that in the last year. Handicaps dropped, and, and, and not a ton has changed. Uh, a few more rounds under my belt, but, you know, I, I, I we've talked about it multiple times, and I, I don't know that I mentioned it, but the, just the long iron consistency from for me was a huge transition. And getting into those four five and six iron, those ones that you stand over and you're like, man, I'm not sure if this is going to pull, I'm going to pull the shot off. Just having that consistency and weight, you know, really helped, helped me and my swing and my quick tempo and all those things. And so, you know, I, I saw that in, in, uh, it for real myself, but you know, man, I, Hey, I appreciate it so much. I know it's a lot of time and, and, uh, I, I hope again, you know, you, you found it valuable to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, your knowledge and, and share with that your knowledge. The good news is this, is that um, 
this is probably not going to be the last time I'm going to hit you up to come and, and join us and talk a little bit more in the future just about your role. And I think I've got you conned into being our resident gear expert when it comes to those technical questions. And so I'll, I'll throw the offer out there. And, and I, I think you've agreed to this, but maybe I'm just making it up and putting you on the spot. But if you have some questions for Lee for anything that you'd like some clarification on that we can answer for you, and, and Lee, I know, would be more than happy to answer that. Uh, his email address, if, if you want to meet, uh, ever want to reach out to him and find out a little bit more about a local club champion, is leif, L-E-I-F, at clubchampiongolf.com. And then you can also email us. Our, our email address is just 15moreyards at gmail.com. But, Leaf, thanks so much, man. I know it's uh, it's been a, a lot of your time, but I appreciate that, and I, I hope you know that uh, our, our listeners are going to learn a lot from this, and you've really helped them in a lot of ways for sure. No, absolutely, Lance, and I appreciate you having me on, and absolutely, any time that I could help answer a question, I get phone calls daily with people just asking about our process, but then I get also calls about people just asking general questions, and I, I feel the same satisfaction and uh, level of um, the fact that I help somebody um, by providing some kind of answer for them. You know, maybe if I have to do a little research and get back to them, that's great. But at the same time, as long as they get an answer to what their issue is and uh, we can either get something solved or get something ordered or get something set up to do a fitting, then I'm all for it. It's just helping educate the consumer, either the consumer that knows a lot about what they want to do and just needs to know the right way to do it, or a consumer that's still new to the game but is improving and wants to know just some general ideas as far as you know equipment that might benefit them. That's all good. Well, I, I, and I can, again, I can vouch for that. You've been a great help to me and a great resource. And you're actually one of the reasons why I think this uh, podcast is, is going to, you know, hopefully continue to grow. And so, you know, once again, thanks, buddy, for being uh, being here and joining us. Thanks for your time. And, uh, and I appreciate it. And we look forward to catching up soon. All right. Hey, not a problem, Lance. We'll talk to you soon. Lights down, you up and-